Who are you going to call for all your karate needs? Honor Athletics, of course. 770-945-5150. HonorAthletics.com. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO for your 10% discount. Thanks, Honor Athletics. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, I'm Sensei Michelle, and today we're doing an interview with fellow martial artists and fellow karate podcasters. How cool is this? It is extremely cool. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon, and I'm very glad to be around for today's interview. I've missed being on the show and glad to be back. We're glad to have you back. We are interviewing today two wonderful senseis from the podcast Martial Maze. And we are looking forward to having the dialogue with them and learning about their own experience in karate and podcasting. Yes, that's for sure. Now, we've all listened to some of your episodes, and we want to recommend it to all of our listeners. And it's called Martial Maze. Of course, I'm going to put a link to the show in our show notes. But now let's do the formal introductions. First, I'd like you to meet Israel Lopez Sensei. Just a few details about your background include the fact that you have rank in judo and Daiho Jitsu. We're excited to hear all about it. You also produced the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Konnichiwa, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I'm going to have the pleasure of introducing Rakilad Shidoshi. Your training dates back to when you were only six years old. And correct. I believe your father was your first instructor. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. You also trained with Sensei Matoyoshi Nakayama in Japan? Not in Japan, in Boston, Massachusetts. He is Japanese. <laughs> oh, he's from Japan. Yeah. You were All right. And I certainly thank you for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a blessing. So I'd love to hear more about each one of your styles. Who wants to go first? So actually, um, all right, so I'll start. Um, so I'm a Sini Judo, but it's actually Sini Rubudo. It's an Okinawan style. It's actually Shurinru. It's a hybrid Okinawan style. Okay. And it's Shurite. I always say Shurinru or Sharlinru. Um, but we had over the years, there were other things that were added in. We had the Hungarfu Hawk, which is the Tiger Crane system of, uh, of uh, it's a Kung Fu style that was added. Mm-hmm. Parts were added in. It just had to do with that was... Um, uh, my instructor, uh, Ken Mareki Sensei, it was uh, one of his really good friends, Winsho PC Wu. They just collaborating over the years along what we added judo in at some point. And that's I, I actually specialize in that's that's more my my part of it. But I hold a uh, sixth in uh in Shunru. That's something that I, I keep it closely guarded. Um we don't accept everybody in our in our system. It takes a little time to be accepted into the school with that part is not commercial at all. I am currently teaching. I we're really small in number. I only have uh, one other person that I teach that art to. It's uh, we liken the Okinawate close to like a firearm. It's it's meant to be kept in secret. Um, and and again, I might have to kill you with it in real life. So that's that's the mindset. Um, so it's never given to just anyone. However. Israel Lopez Sensei gets to teach the judo. (laughs) Gets to be about, you know, being just a better person. And I I love the the culture that judo brings um, to just just overall just being a better human, um, uh, along with it being an Olympic sport. The Taiho Jitsu is really found in law enforcement. And yeah, I hold a recognized fourth in that um, by the United States Taiho Jitsu Federation. 
Um, and you know, I was in policing at one point in time in my life. So that's kind of where that comes into play. But you know, like I said, my main my main thing is I love teaching the judo and it's kind of where I am. So we call it judo jitsu because judo actually comes from jujitsu. So, so I would tell you that I come from a Kosen style school. So we do a lot of the ground fighting, too, which a lot of folks get confused for BJJ. It's not. It's it's just Kosen. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu comes from Kosen judo. And that's that's kind of me. It's uh, I guess you're right. It's yeah, pretty, yeah, short and yeah. sweet. Short and sweet. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> journey at uh, five and a half. It's like a 40, uh, 40 plus years of experience. Wow. Before you begin, Shidoshi, um, I want to say both of you, don't you think that many, many modern styles, whether they know it or not, are hybrids or amalgams of the experience of the teachers that came before them? Any really good system that's worth its while, I always say battle-tested system, has always adapted. They right, have, you have to adapt as you go. I think Matsumura Sensei once said about uh, way back in the day, it's a famous quote from him when he was talking about when it when it left him, that how he all the, um, the kata had changed. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was very interesting. I, I know you guys are Goju? Goju yes, yeah, we are, Goju. So uh, depending on whether you call them Hinans or Pinans tells me what, what old Japanese, new Japanese. So for us, Pinan, Shodan, and Nidan are reverse. So we still teach it the old-fashioned way where Nidan is our Shodan and Shodan is our Nidan. So, so, and we also learn them as two-man kata first before we learn the dance second. Uh, oh, now that is oh. interesting. Yeah, so we'll believe it that, that's traditionally how that's it was always done. Always so done. you learned it. You learned it as a two-man kata first, and then a single kata second. Right. It's only when it got commercialized later on that you got the they pulled single that out. And mm-hmm. then, so know. now it leaves it open for error when people want to understand the bunkai. So that leaves a big gap. All right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are doing technique they think they understand, but they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. Yeah, so so it was just easier to learn. It. And that's the way traditionally it was taught to Ken Sensei, who learned it in the military. So he was stationed over in Okinawa. You know, he was stationed in uh-huh. Chile. Yes. So- and I did hear you talk about the, um, the concept of bunkai on one of your podcasts. But I would like to get to Yado Shidoshi's background, if it's okay. Yes. All right. So uh, I myself started martial arts at the age of six under my father. My father was in the military. Uh, he served in uh, Nam as well, but he learned in the Marines. So the, the curriculum in the Marines, you had a mixture of Hapkido, Karate, Judo, some wrestling. All of that was twined in there. Uh, when my father left the Marines, uh, was discharged, he continued his Hapkido training under Master Chang in uh, downtown Springfield. He had a Hapkido school there. My father used to bring all the techniques home and he would share them with me. As time continued, my father passed away like in 88 and I continued my training under Professor Kalaikano Griffin. So that's when Kaju Kenpo Karate was introduced, VR niche jujitsu, judo, small circle jujitsu, wushu was introduced. His school was like a gumbo pot of All right. So I had a chance to embrace all of that in my upbringing. Now, my discipline that I teach is Budo Taijutsu. And that happened at the same time uh, being under Mr. Griffin. Every summer I would spend my time in Boston, Massachusetts. And so that's when I met Nakayama Sensei. Uh, He introduced me to a whole world of Budo Taijutsu, which Budo Taijutsu 
is an umbrella term for all Japanese martial arts. It all fits under that umbrella. It's like what people know today here in the U.S. as karate or kung fu. All right. When you say you know karate, it's not a karate is a broad word. Mm-hmm. But what system mm-hmm. on to? Because everyone kind of jumbles it up. And, oh, well, you do karate and think it's all the same thing. No, 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 no. It's different. <laughs> all right. Same thing in wushu or what people in America call kung fu. Mm-hmm. All right. There are different systems. So Taijutsu happened to be very popular in the Iga and Koga province of Japan. These were rural mountain areas mm-hmm. where uh, the, the, the combative techniques were unconventional. They were unconventional battle techniques. And this is what was taught to me. So I would say that Taijutsu is another word for Jujutsu because it all ties in. But then you have your family lines and lineages. So if you are training in a in a, a Japanese martial art, there's a family tie to it, period. I never heard of a Japanese martial art without a family tied to it. So if you're doing karate from whom? What system? Under whom? What name? What is their line? What family do they come from? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that I teach here. So the Taijutsu that I teach, because I teach several different uh, Japanese lineages in my school, is uh, Gyokoryu. Gyokoryu is Jewel Tiger or J Tiger School. The system that is taught in that school is Koshijutsu. So let me back it up real quick so you understand it. Taijutsu is an umbrella term. The name of the school is called Gyokoryu. So it's like what college did you go to? I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. Now, what did you take up in that university? All right. I did sociology. Well, in, in Gyokoryu, the system that is taught there is Koshijutsu, mm-hmm. which that is more. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term Kyujutsu, Kyojutsu. All right. Which is attacking the, the vital points of the body. Okay. Um, all right. So we're talking about that. But also, too, we have other schools like um, Kotoryu, which is Kopojutsu. It's a bone misplacing school. The uh-huh. first, so Kopojutsu is like, it's like karate. And, and so that's why they, in Japan, they say Kopojutsu was like, like, like the birth of karate. Because it's much older, but it's a Japanese version of the Okinawa. <laughs> okay. It all comes full circle. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. That's so, funny. Good one. Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, the other tra- uh, traditions that I teach is Takaki Yoshinryu, which it translates to High Tree Raised Heart School. This is more of the samurai lineage. This is Jujutsu, Bujutsu, weapons and empty hand and armed combat. And then you have Kukishinryu, which is the Nine Demon School, which deals with other tactics too. There are a huge array of tactics that I deal with in my school. Wow. Right. wow. So, yeah, it goes really deep. It's not just one thing. There is a huge array of things going on in my school. And on top of that, I have to fit that into a modern context. Yes. Okay. And that is the trick, is it not? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like your, your school's an all-inclusive resort. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what it is. And that's why. But also, too, to, to go back to what Sensei Lopez said, my school is also a private school. Even though I'm known to the public, I choose who I want as students because of what I teach. I just don't want to share that with anyone. Now, my martial experience is about 40 years experience in the martial way. And I continue those traditions to this day. You both have 
significant experience in martial arts. What would you say is both as students and as teachers, right? Right. right. Yes. Facts. What would you say is the coolest story from your over 40 years of experience? Oh, that is a hard question. I wouldn't Uh, want to answer that question. You want me to go or you go? Because I really don't have a cool story. Yeah. Or something that's impacted your life the most. um, Somebody you met. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say my first cool story was when I first met my sensei. Okay. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, When I met Professor Griffin, I didn't meet him in the best of circumstances. (laughs) I was about maybe uh, 14 years old and I was exiting school and I was walking past his house and there was a domestic uh, dispute going on. Uh, It wasn't him. He was sitting on the porch steps and these two people were bickering. It was a woman and a man. And as I was walking home and I had my backpack, you know, it caught my attention. It caught everyone's attention. They were really ripping and raving at each other. And uh, Professor Griffin, I didn't know at the time, didn't know. Okay. He was sitting there observing. I was focusing on them. But what caught me was when the, the guy picked up a brick to throw at the woman and Mr. Griffin jumped off that porch so fast and grabbed that brick in mid-flight. Wow. All right. He grabbed it in mid-flight and he looked at that guy and he said, you never, ever put your hands on a woman. And off that pure anger, his grip, he cracked the brick in half. Split in the middle and one side fell off as he held on to the other side. Now, me being a young martial artist at that time, all right, I peeked that out. And I was like, holy smokes. (laughs) There was no walking up to him. After the cops came and everyone dispersed and moved on, I went home and that was stuck in my mind the whole time. And I couldn't believe what I just seen. So when I was leaving school the next day, he was sitting on those steps. And so we made eye contact. And he said, hey, how you doing? Now me, you know, stranger danger. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But I did say something. I said, I'm doing fine. And I kept it moving. He said, what's your name? And I stopped and looked, and he was like, don't worry, I don't bite. And and I looked at him, and I gave him my name. And he introduced himself, and he said, my name is Mr. Griffin. Now, at this time when I was young, I never met this guy. We heard stories about him when we were young. Mm. Find him in the yellow pages, but I never physically seen him. I seen him in the yellow pages. And he he spent the money because the whole page was his school. (laughs) Right? And so... I knew of the name. And so when he said, Mr. Griffin, I looked at him and I said, oh, you're Master Griffin. And he looked at me and he said, no, I'm Mr. Griffin. Call me Mr. Griffin. <laughs> no master here. Wow. <laughs> and from there, I became um, a student of his. He took me under his tutelage, but it was very private. Every time I would come home from school, I would do my homework in his kitchen. He would bring out the photo album, show me all his martial endeavors and everything that he did, all his events. And then he would train me privately, not me me knowing that he had many schools throughout the U.S. And I'm under this man personally. And then on top of that, he was building a dojo in his backyard and I helped build that dojo and I became a student ever since. And then he put me under the tutelage of um, Mr. Molina. Roberto Molina, also <laughs> a.k.a. Wildcat Molina. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
All right. And I've been training with them ever since. Sure. That's a great story. That's almost yeah. like something that you would read in a novel. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked by as he cracked the brick. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's really cliche. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I don't really necessarily call it a cool story. It's uh, actually for me, it was realizing for the first time in my life that I was able to do something that the average person couldn't do. Uh, ah, that is a great story. So, like, most of us in the martial arts community, um, especially going up the way we did, you either get into um, security, law enforcement, or go to jail if uh, you, you know if you're out there fighting. I always say that I was one of those kids that shouldn't have learned karate first. Uh, I really was. Um, once I realized what I could do with it, it became well intoxicated. Um, ah. um, and you you were looking for reasons to use it. I mean, why why learn yeah. something? If you ain't going to use. But also, too, we grew up in an environment around violence. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the the subcontext of that is is when somebody found out you knew karate, show me. I mean, we still see that to this day, depending on where you are. So you tell somebody that you know a little something, something, what do they do? They show me. Mm -hmm. Are you? You know, (laughs) are you any good? So, yeah. The time I was working at a nightclub, um, there was a situation that happened in a bathroom, and I walk into the bathroom, and there were it was basically a three on one. Guys were bigger than me, and I'm a big guy. I'd love to tell you I did all this crazy stuff, flipped in the air, and all this other good stuff. I'd be honest with you, I can't tell you what I did. I will tell you three things I learned that day. One, the best place to get into a fight is a bathroom. Two, bathrooms have hard surfaces. Mm-hmm. Three, or just the, my approach it was not like you see in a romantic, uh, you know, romanticized in Hollywood. But ultimately, I took on three guys that were better than me. One of the guy was armed and was was able to survive that altercation. And that was probably the coolest thing I ever did. Why? Because it taught me what kind of guy I was right away and, and what I could do under duress. And that that for me might be, I would say, is the coolest yeah. thing. Because yeah. I yeah. think that's the, is was that the incident where your coat saved your butt? Yes, because <laughs> you got yeah. poked yeah. up. You didn't yeah. realize. I didn't realize I'd been being stabbed the, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. Yeah, that is also an amazing story. And yeah. those wonderful things about the martial arts. And one thing that I think is very similar to art style is how karate for martial arts has impacted your daily life. Well, well, that's what we always say. A martial artist, like, like the, I always say this like this. Look, you can learn to play basketball, but there are very few basketball players. You can learn to be a mechanic, but there are very few mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know what I mean? It's a profession, you know, whatever. A martial artist, if it doesn't bleed into your real life, then you're not really a martial artist. You're somebody. Who that's true. Yeah, you're a hobbyist. Hobby. That is exactly the word I was going to say. Who knew we were going to come up with the same word? Passion, yeah, man. the same thing. Hobby. Yeah, absolutely. I, I listened to your podcast on hobbyists, and it was so good. I kept going, <laughs> about yeah, the you never right. thought about that. <laughs> okay, that's a perfect segue to the podcast because yes. I don't want to get out without talking a little bit about that. So, I guess we should go with how did you get started? Oh, ooh. all right. So I have to actually take this one. I'll let him jump in in a minute. Uh, our podcast exists out of a fit of rage. <laughs> I begin wanting to do this because of something that happened in Western Mass. One of the things that guides our podcast still to this day is that we will not. There are other platforms out there, Bullshito, um, Mick Dojo Life, Master Ken, which we love Master Ken. He's just hilarious. Yeah, they do yeah. a lot of things with satire and they expose those fake, phony, fraudulent people out there. And I think that's awesome. Great. However, we try not to do that. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're very big on like, and so I won't use names of schools. You'll hear me say that even in the podcast, because I don't uh, look bad press is still press. You know, so what happened was, is that there was uh, an event that we had in Western Mass. It was one of the first of its kind. There was this big expo that they had in Massachusetts that I couldn't attend. I was away. All these martial artists in the area, and they do this big event. And these two charlatans show up. And when I say charlatans, I mean the lineage was was really way off. I think one guy claimed that he had a uh, 12th degree black belt in judo. (laughs) So that, that's got to tell you where that was at. <laughs> that's funny. The, the sad part was that they were too young and they had black belts with stripes going oh, all, all, all the way up. Oh, no. no. Like, oh, my God. But no, I will do you one better. So even with that, right, you'd figure that should have red flagged, right? <laughs> but they had a following. They had people that were there that were very supportive of what wow. they did. Um, and remember, they had an active dojo. We did have an active dojo. Yes, still an active dojo. That, that wasn't even the worst of it. The worst of it was is one of um, our martial peers, uh, I've done episodes with him at the time, he inadvertently validated the, the charlatans by sparring with them in a way where he, in his mind, he was exposing, look, these guys are fraudulent. Look, bam, I did this, boom, I do that to him, I did that to him. But if you watch the video... It, it, no, these guys get to like, uh, what's that, that Paul, Jacob, Paul, do you yeah. get to say, I went 12 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. I'm still legit. I'm legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or the rest of the boxing community is like, Jigga who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but so, so they did this and I mm-hmm. heard about it and, and I saw the video and I mushroom cloud, like what? And and then even when you were trying to explain to the people that these guys are fake, the, the people go, no, you guys are just being hard on you guys are better fighters than them. So I end up um, at Barack's house, and I'm just fire, brimstone, the earth. <laughs> and I said, there's got to be a way where we can educate. So Barack says, okay, well, man, maybe we should do something about it. Maybe we should help educate, help educate folks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, So I went to my instructor, um, Mareki Sensei, and so I told him what I wanted to do. I said, I want to be able to educate folks without poking fun, but without calling people out at the same time. And we do podcasts. And so Ken said, well, man, you know what? We all heard that old story, right? The, the one mountain and the many paths around the mountain. And all of us are trying to get to the top of the mountain. And uh, I think Mareki Sensei said some along the lines of, it's more like a maze because if you go to the mm. wrong guy. Nice. Uh, you know, and so he initially came up with the Marshall Maze. I came back to Barack's house and said, hey, man got a name for it we're gonna call it the marshall maze and barack said let's do it (laughs) you seem a little bit easy going (laughs) yeah yeah i'm smooth i'm laid back like that (laughs) that's what it seems like until provoked and i believe you guys started in 2019 yes which is coincidence because so did we yeah, I think we did. We started right before the pandemic, right? Did we start? Right oh yeah, because yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I went back to your first episode, and it was definitely pre-pandemic. Yeah, I am starting to run out of time, so we have time for one more question. And here it is: a lot of time in the dojo, a person who's doing the teaching will reference something that was taught to them by way of a saying, an affirmation, or what other word? Yeah, that's a good one. Affirmations. Okay. Good. Do you have a favorite? That's where I want to close out on. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know what? I'm I when I teach, I look for teaching moments. Of course. All right. So yes, exactly. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna say in the class that day until mm-hmm. the 
does something. <laughs> and then I kind of come up with it on the spot. <laughs> you had one real good one. Respect my benevolence. My oh, favorite. I do like that. <laughs> like, Respect I, my I benevolence. love that one. I, still, I love I, that I, one. I, I, I took that and brought it to my door. Like, that, that is a but, great saying. How about you, Israel Sensei? Uh, myself, it's um, it's actually not mine. It's Ken Marecki Sensei's. He says, um, if one is afraid to fall, he will never be able to throw in judo. Um, such a great saying because it worked on so many different levels. I told you about the Kimi Waza. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's actually his his saying. And I tell it to students all the time. If you are afraid. It does work fall, on a lot of levels. Yeah. yeah. And when you're coming to learn martial arts, always, even if you are someone experiencing martial arts, Empty your teacup. Oh, yeah, we. Oh, oh, man. oh yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we another segment with you because there is something I want to jump in on that because I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, jump in on that. No, it's uh one of the things I learned um because I cross trained uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and what I found is my ego kept jumping in the way mm-hmm. trying to judo and it, until someone said to me, "You do realize you're in a BJJ school. Learn, learn on your back first. Yes. And my mind was, well, I've never been on my back. Yeah. <laughs> I lost the fight. Like, like I was just like, I was got in my feelings about it until I realized, well, no, no, no. Empty the cup. You talk about empty the cup yeah. all the time. I said, I learned yeah. that the hard way. It well, you left our years. listeners with some great stuff, didn't they? Us. And or how should, where should they listen to your podcast? So, yeah, we are literally available everywhere. We're like Visa anywhere. <laughs> yeah. If you were overseas, I think you could hear us in another language right now. That's um, so cool. Uh, so uh, you could either find us on our platform, which is www.marshallmays, all lowercase.com. That brings you also to our store. And I'm not trying to pitch our store. You can just find everything there. Or you can find us on YouTube, TikTok, um, until they make it illegal. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, if you uh, Google Marshall Mays, you guys come right up. Okay, that's how I find it. And our listeners can contact us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo, just like you guys. Exactly. Yeah, and, of course, we're going to stay in touch with say, you. We did not tell you. I've listened to your show. I've listened to a handful of episodes, and I enjoy your platform. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you both so much for sharing your time. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. You are so welcome. It was our pleasure. Us. I really enjoyed it. All right, so we have to call it, guys. Time is up. Say goodbye. Uh, Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. What a great day we had. Thank you. It was great. And on that note, I'm signing us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Okay. All right.